A young attorney has the chance of a lifetime. Bill Chadwick Waters, we want you to come to New York. All expenses, first class, travel and lodging, you and your wife. Oh my God. He will enter a place of wealth and ambition. We've got 40 partners vested at the moment. In addition to our corporate clients, we're currently representing about 25 foreign countries. He's got you scheduled for 15 minutes, so make the most of it. John Milton. Kevin Lomax. Well, what's that like? One day you're putting them away, next day you're setting them free. Takes a little getting used to. Pays better, though, doesn't it? Welcome to Babylon, Ma. Speak of the devil. <laughs> a world of power and seduction. Who's that with the senator? Controlled by one man. <laughs> I swear he can hear us. Hell, he can smell us. He will make your dreams come true. Wanna come upstairs and... Now? <laughs> he will grant your fondest wish. I'm just warming my hands on your talent. You know what I see? I see the future of this law firm. He knows your greatest fear. Milton is into everything. Arms brokering, chemical weapons, toxic waste, money laundering for the Eastern Bloc. I mean, it goes on and on. I don't like it here, Kevin. And he knows the price of your soul. Let's make a baby. Who are you? Oh, I have so many names. here on the ground with my nose in it since the whole thing began. God likes to watch. He's an absentee landlord. Keanu Reeves. He's always been there. I know that now. Al Pacino. As God sleeps late. We will win. It's my time now. <laughs> the Devil's Advocate. And welcome everyone to a brand new episode of Ian Hates Movies. My name is Ian. And I'm Kelly. Yes, Kelly. We finally, finally, finally agreed on a movie <laughs> that just works for both of us. Yeah, pretty much. All it made me want to do is watch Constantine, though. Why? I don't know. I like him a little older with longer hair. It's the trench coat, really. I like his awesome tattoo that he has on both hands. Yeah, and then when he puts them together... Like, I've always yes. wanted to do something like that. I thought that would be pretty cool. <laughs> but we are not talking about Constantine. No, we're not. By the way, most people hate and despise that movie. I know. Yeah. Like, I didn't think it was bad, but I also, Constantine wasn't one that I read on oh, a see, regular basis. That was one. I love that comic, so that didn't really. Wasn't it not close to it whatsoever? It wasn't that bad. It, uh, it, it's one of those things where, because I like the actor, I'm going to give you a little bit of a pass. Yeah, so. I guess I do that from time to time. But I think sometimes when it's an actor that I really like and they take a terrible role, I get more upset with them. Ah, uh, so that's why you didn't like Basics. You're such a John Travolta fan. Yes, that's the reason. <laughs> that's the reason. Yep, of course. <laughs> that and Samuel L. Jackson. You're just like, why, guys? Why? You've fallen so far. <sighs> Look, the side's back. As soon as you bring up <laughs> Basic, the side comes back. I know. All right, well, we're not doing any of those movies today. No, 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 no. Today, and I don't think we'll start promoting tomorrow because obviously we do this show before it comes out. This is not a live. We can do oh, a live. God. Yeah, we can do live at some point, but this is not a live show. So Future goals. But we are doing The Devil's Advocate today. 1997. Yay! Yep. Yep. A classic, a cult classic probably as well. 
Yeah, I'll give you that. There's I mean, enough nudity for it to be a cult classic. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Devil's Advocate. I've been waiting a long time to do this movie. It's perfect for our show. Yeah, it's definitely a bunch to talk about. Oh, for sure. And look, it's a two-hour-plus movie. We're not going to do scene-by-scene. Scene. I think this is one of the ones where we can summarize more. Yeah, there's uh, enough big events that it'll still chew up enough time. I think so. And I yeah. think people will enjoy it because, first of all, this movie is its a great movie. It's a good-bad movie, but even skewing to the point where I think it's just a good movie. If you took out, If you took out the accents, I think this would be a perfect movie. Okay. You see what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I'll give, uh, by far this is my probably favorite Al Pacino movie. Hmm. Because I think this his char- this character he plays perfectly. No, he does. He it's a little it's a little over the top from time yeah, to but time, but it's supposed he's to be Satan. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it, and that's that's what you have to and you know spoiler alert. I know, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure people sure. already know this movie. Right. But yes, Al Pacino is Satan. So yes, I think you are supposed to play it over the top. I think when Keanu Reeves tries to go over the top, it doesn't work as well. It's almost funny Nick Cage. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's very borderline. Like, it's not as bad as Nick, but it's very... It can get borderline with that, absolutely. This is one of those movies that's also defined by the ending scene. Like, the actual ending, not the almost epilogue-ish part at the end with the twist and everything. That ending scene... You know, he's just revealed that he's Satan. It's Keanu Reeves and Connie Nielsen, and they're going. Basically, it's the final bad guy giving the whole plot, giving away his he's whole monologuing. plan. Yes, exactly. Yes, it's fantastic. You gotta get a monologuing. Yes, we will certainly get to that. But I guess. But Rotten Tomatoes has it at it wasn't as high as I was expecting it to be, actually, which was a little shocking. I have it at seven point five for IMDb and sixty six percent for Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, but. Uh... I was expecting like low 70s, maybe mid 70s. I would agree with that. I think it's just because people are looking at the campiness of a lot of it. They're looking at the accents or listening to the. It's 97. And I mean, I'm not expecting a magical graphics for 97, really. Yeah, I I agree. Because some of this is very like, I think I saw that Windows screensaver before. Like it was. Yeah, there's a couple of morphing, you know, CGI. Yeah. Yeah, especially the final, the final statues. Scene. Yeah, the, well, the statues are amazing. We'll, we'll get to that for sure too. I would have said low seventies, but sixty-six percent for a movie like this isn't bad. Like, I don't yeah. think this movie was gonna win any awards or anything. I don't. Know, I think Al Pacino did a great job. <laughs> I just love the fact that. It's a true rated R movie. You get yes. the cursing and you get the nudity. You get Not the so cursing, much the graphic, but still. No, but you get the graphicness of everything else, though. Oh, I yeah. mean, the deaths in this are pretty damn graphic. Mm. It has one of the most graphic deaths you can have. Oh yeah. Well, still though, it was. It's a predicted. Like I don't know. It's not as. Yeah, I'm. So, I still want to say. Okay, so it's not as gory. Is what I would expect I would, from what we get from rated R. Ooh, I don't know. I, I'm going to have to disagree. Really? Really headshot? Really? Pink mist? Come on. Not only that, though, do we want to get into all the other stuff? I mean, the car accident scene was pretty graphic. The glass shard to the fucking neck was pretty graphic. One of the most graphic death scenes that you would have in a movie like this. But it, it goes with what level you've been dealing with throughout the whole movie where it's not a shock factor well, at that's, all. I think that's a good place to start because I think that's what 
really is great about the beginning of this movie. The beginning of this movie, they set this up to the point where they have the most brutal, it's not brutal, it's physical, that whole first scene to show how willing Keanu Reeves is to win. That's the worst thing you could do in that situation is get the child molester off and make the teenage girl who is probably molested and raped that's what you're you're guessing oh, no, at least yeah, at, yeah. at least molested possibly raped he is making her the, the villain yeah right there is why everyone hates lawyers brilliant but that is why this movie is brilliant in certain ways is to start it off because if he was just defending a murderer or something, you know, and I say just. Well, no, but... no, no. Well, yeah, you've managed to pick probably the one of the most heinous crimes. Exactly. I mean, I mean, short of she's probably like, what, 15? Yeah. I mean, around that age. So, I mean, it's, thank God it's not like a five-year-old or something. But obviously, this way you can still paint her as a shitty teenager. And she made all this shit up. Yes. So that's what I'm saying. Like, even the starting of this movie is pretty brutal in what he's able to do and what he's willing to do to win. And right there sets your characters, your actually both characters off right away. She's not sympathetic. She's in the courtroom with him. She only wants him to win. There's right. you know there's nothing about his wife Charlize Theron that makes you really think that she's an amazing person because she is cheering for him basically like he has a cheering section for a sport. Well, it's also one of those things where it's a random you need that the random pressure that he's put on himself because, I mean, he's won 64 things in a row, so he can't fail this. Even though I found out that you actually are a really shitty person, my record's more important than that. If I'm not mistaken, the 64 was when he was with the Justice Department in Florida, and those were when he put away bad people. Right. Yeah, the bad. Right, then but he, he still switched. never lost a case. Yeah, yeah. Right. Period. Exactly. Then he switched over to being defense. Criminal defense. Yeah, criminal yeah. defense attorney. And that's now he's putting terrible, terrible people like the guy from. And if you recognize, it's the guy from True Blood, the sheriff from True Blood, and one oh, of yeah. the the dock workers from The Wire season two. I always forget I mean, his name. He's a great character actor. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. But yeah, he's the child molester. When it's the glasses, yeah, the all gl- oh, the glasses are really what a great, <laughs> what a great choice for him. Yeah, uh, it works perfectly. And then Wardrobe also did a great job. Yeah, they did. And then also he starts playing with himself in the courtroom while she's telling the story. Re- he's reliving. Oh, oh, holy shit! Like it's just, <laughs> it's the worst. It's the worst thing you can do, but it works perfectly for this movie. And that's how it sets everything up because then he excuses himself. He takes a, you know, they get a recess. He goes into the bathroom. He takes off his wedding ring and he's kind of just freaking out that he might lose the case. And then that's when the reporter guy comes in, shoving it in his face that he's going to probably lose his first ever case. And then, by the way, leaves without washing his hands. I'm going to mention that. Here's where the setup is. And you probably don't notice it the first time you watch it. But the moment that he takes off the ring, there's a weird flash with a very loud sound. That moment is like where he transfers. It's not into a different reality, but that is your disconnect point. So what you're saying is this is the time split from Back to the Future 2, where if you were to go down this road, you have evil Biff. And if you go down this road, it's the correct timeline. Exactly. And it's very Donnie Darko, you know, the engine from the airplane 
once that hits, that's when the alternate timeline starts and you go from there. You wouldn't notice that right away until you've watched the movie multiple times to know what the twist ending is, to know that that's the moment where they kind of, yeah, it's it's the choice. It's the choice it's the, timeline. Yeah, yeah right, it's right. the crossroads. Bringing up crossroads with Supernatural, of course. Yes. And the whole devil, da, da, da. Anyway. The only, <sighs> the only thing I was sad about in this movie, and we'll talk about the ending song, which is amazing to the movie, of course, but they never play Devil Went Down to Georgia at any point in this movie. That would have put amazing. the campiness. <laughs> because they've managed to pick, of course, he's a lawyer from Gainesville, Florida. Yep. Amazing because they have very thick Mississippi Atlanta accents because Floridians don't really. I mean, you have to be way. Gainesville is not high enough up in the state for it to be that thick of an accent. Okay. You know, only being in Florida once, I don't really. <laughs> I don't know enough about that, but. I mean, yeah. technically it's the South, but it's it's below the South. Like, because there's so many transplants here that as soon as you hit, like, past Jacksonville, everybody kind of. I mean, there's random, like, twang. But right. well, that's really not, not full blown South. Well, that's really the thing is they probably and that's where their choices for writing is a little bit off. Was it, was. it a book? OK, yes. then maybe that's why, you know, they just did it that way. But you could have easily made this where there were no accents. And this was just, I don't know, just a regular southern town somewhere else other than Florida. Yeah. And you because you didn't need it. Why. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why Florida. I mean. Florida is the gateway to hell. But other than that, like, I really don't understand why. I think maybe there was something, even though they never bring up temperature or the heat or anything, maybe that was but, supposed see, to be part of it. It starts joke. out with a pedophile. So, like, you kind of know it's either that or meth, and meth wasn't as big back then. So they had to go the pedophile route. Yeah. And I guess they wanted to bring it all into religion, too, which they end up doing as well. So, yeah, yeah, his mother, I mean, there's kind of a Bible, though. Well, his mother is big time religious, and that's the whole. Yeah, so that comes oh, yeah. in, obviously, with Satan and everything else that's going along. So they could have done Bible Belt areas just without the accent, and then they could have gone from there. But look, we're just picking this apart because it's fun. Like, well, quite, but yeah. we still love the movie. But yeah, it's just hearing Keanu Reeves try that accent, even Charlize Theron a little bit, too, is a little tough. Well, okay, so I, I can give you a bad accent if you're going to be consistent with it. Or at least with like what I've noticed with people who are transplants or is that your original accent, the accent you're born with or you're raised with, comes out when you're angry. Like it comes out when you can't control it. And then right. that's your natural like default voice. And they don't do that whatsoever. Yeah, I think Charlize Theron does the best job of keeping because I think it actually fits her personality a little bit. Yeah. So I think even though I think I'd love works. her to see like slip into the South Africa thing, that would have been hysterical. But yes, <laughs> you're like, wait a minute, different South or monster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I know, right? Speaking of Florida. Yeah, exactly. So yes, I mean that's a good place to start as any. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, I I don't know. I'm a big fan of this movie, so it's not gonna, <laughs> it's not gonna be. <laughs> A normal, like, it's not going to be like the last few shows, that's for sure. It's going to be more fun. Yes. With a they, lot more picking apart. Yeah. They do a lot of great stuff in this. They they do a lot of great setup. Like we said, that whole first court scene is pretty amazing. Really well done casting-wise, too. Who's the girl that is on the stand? I know her from Princess Diaries. Okay, I do not know her from that. Yeah, yeah. But she she's plays. The, she's the best friend in Princess Diaries. Well, she's, she's probably the best friend. Ton of stuff. Yeah, she's the best friend in everything, or she's the girl who is cute but never like super cute, and she's always the one where she would be very passable in life as someone who's attractive. 
who you would want to go out with. But in the movie, she's always like the ugly friend that no right, one right. cares about. She's yeah. the sarcastic one who has to say her three things every time the group's together. Yeah. But she has one of those looks that's very unique and also like attractive yeah. in that way that it's also unique. You're interesting to look at. And that's something. Right? I mean, that's that's something. true. Yeah. As opposed to all the other women in this movie where you can kind of all shove them into the same category. A beautiful Pretty much. Yeah. Stereotypical Hollywood 90s. Oh, you're pretty. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Well, that's one of my... So, yeah, Back to with, where we were. Right, right. So pretty chicks in the 90s <laughs> all had fake well, tits, apparently. Let's also say that's that's one thing that's definitely true. But then I also want to say, and that's probably only a, a slight qualm that I have with the movie, is how do you big picture Charlize Theron and try and get something better than her because look connie nielsen's a beautiful woman she's nowhere near in the league as charlize theron see nowhere right i disagree with you with that like i feel like i feel like no because i can't even say her name charlize is only 22 in this movie and she's still too baby faced for me she's still got that like pudgy baby thing going on it's cute it's adorable it's not hot though really charlize theron is very hot you okay so you're you're going for the chiseled look (laughs) In your women. Yeah, I'm, I'm going for yeah, I'm going for the Greek goddess versus I don't want the puffy baby face thing. Like it doesn't, mm, she's not there yet for me. And it's funny that she because she looks just like um, oh god, what's her nut from Showgirls, which she turned down because she didn't want to do nudity, but uh, she did nudity Eliz- in this movie. Elizabeth Berkeley. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, hair wise, hair wise, she's very Elizabeth Berkeley. Mm, close. Well, not very, very close. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Even though it's hair, it's more than hair. I don't know. I just, Charlize Theron's in a league of her own. Now. I still would say back then. That's why I'm saying Connie Nielsen doesn't even rank in this for me. <laughs> like, the only person that's where, because she's like adorable. Like, the faces she does during the movies, like when, when they go to New York. Did I say in the movies? The faces <laughs> she makes during the movie right. when she's out doing stuff with him. Like, when they're in New York. He tells her he can't make the meeting that she's having where she's choosing, like, fabrics and shit for the upholstery, I guess, of the house. Whatever, their new apartment. When he shows up and she's like, I thought you said you were going to. And he's like, and I thought you said it was important. And, like, the look she gives him is so fucking adorable. Like, come on. That stuff is great. Yeah, but when she looks like that, I want to shove her in, like, Catherine Heigl. Like, it's that. Ugh, no. Yes. How dare you? It's the same pudgy kind of like, oh. Yeah. No, that's where where she is at this stage. How dare you? (laughs) How dare you? All blondes look the same anyway. I don't really. (laughs) So you like Connie Nielsen because she's a redhead? (laughs) No, because I liked her in basic with the short hair. Ew. And that's another thing. That's their way of making... Charlize Theron unattractive is having her cut her hair during the movie. That does take it out for me. And go, <laughs> like yeah. yeah. And go brunette. And I'm go like, brunette, really? yep. It's like, that's how you make a girl ugly, now folks. now you're different. In the 90s, in 97, <laughs> that's how you make a girl unattractive. Is you cut her hair, you turn it uh, dark brunette, black, whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no, dark brunette. <laughs> oh, that makes me want to look something up now. I'm pulling up Demi Moore from 97 because I'm pretty sure she still had the ghost haircut and she was concerned. I think she got Sexiest Woman, which cracks me up. No idea who wins that stuff ever. I know. That's why I think it's funny if they went that route and then she got it because she's got the exact same, if not shorter haircut. Yep. Oh, even worse. She actually has the, um, um, when she shaved it for. Uh, oh, G.I. Jane. Yes. Oh, and Bruce Wilson still had hair. Nice. 
Bruce Willis. I thought you said Wilson. That's what I'm saying. Willis. Bruce Wilson. Wilson. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Bruce Wilson and Die Hard. Anyway, so yeah. So <laughs> yes. brunettes are ugly in this movie. Yes, that is true. And real life. She's the only one that we came across. <laughs> so this is fun. And you make fun of me for alienating people. We've already slammed Florida. And now we're taking on the... Because I just say whatever the fuck I want when I want. And people know that I don't really mean it. It's fine. I just throw in random lines in the middle. Of, don't you listen to the show ever back? <laughs> like all of a sudden I'll just say the stupidest thing. And you completely just toss it. And I was like, yep, that's what I'm I do. not gonna run with it. I quoted Sir Mix a lot last week. Baby so. got back in this, but you didn't even. It's just because that's awesome. Yeah, I just I throw know. random. I just throw <laughs> random things in there. So that is their, their funny way of showing. And look, you get a lot of nudity in this film. You get Charlize Theron naked. You Full get frontal. yep. You get Connie Nielsen naked. The wife of the guy who I always forget his name, but he brought. Keanu Reeves into the firm. The fold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. His and then wife. she's been in a ton of stuff too. Yeah, and she's then, a huge character actor. And then Eddie Barzoon's wife, you see full frontal, well, breasts. Yeah, because she's talking right. about her. Yeah, she's talking about like cellulite in her ass and all that kind of shit. It's just <laughs> that's what that's what you women talk about, right? You guys go. It's true. At, we get naked for each other and we fill each other up, and that's how we clothing shop mostly. Yeah, all of your clothing stores seem to have the like huge fitting room. That right. <laughs> Well, these Perfect are those lighting, great wind. It's you know whatever. These are those high class New York places. So right. So that's during their whining and dining period. But what I also liked about that too was the only person to ever give knowing looks was Pam, you know Keanu Reeves' assistant. She's the only one that did that. Those friends who end up being, I guess, demons or something. Like I'm not sure if people just get corrupted by. I was say, it's it's a corrupt soul kind of a deal because it's not full blown. Like, your ugliness is t- clearly on the inside, and yes. then that's why you see it through mirrors. But they have to be, it's like a demon-like thing, though. You know, that whole, the hands going down the body, which inside the body scene was great. Like, that was a really cool scene that I haven't seen done many places before. And they did it well. Yes. Yeah, like, and it was slight. Like it wasn't It wasn't overdone. bugs from the mummy, where you're like, mm, oh, sure. No. Yeah, this wasn't overdone. It was only used once, and it was only for like 10 seconds just to show you that there's right. more going on. Which I like that she was talking about her tits, and I'm like, so did you just have no tits? Because that really isn't that big of an improvement from what I could see. She didn't want overstated breasts. She just wanted... So I went from nothing to like a large A cup. Uh, B's. That's a B. Isn't that, that a small B? That is not a B. Small B? I don't know. Very small B. Okay. I mean, but hey, that was her choice. I feel so real. <laughs> Here, feel them. Which I mean is a big deal because back then they didn't. Back then they didn't move. Yeah, they made many, many improvements in that area <laughs> over time. Yes. Yeah. So how was your night last night? Speaking of that, what are you implying, Kelly? <laughs> it's Oktoberfest. I mean, it's it's tits and beer, right? I mean, that's kind of like Ren Fair. That's how that works, right? Nah, there weren't that many people showing off anything. It's more of a family-friendly Oktoberfest. Lame. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Besides regular real Oktoberfest, I'm not sure if places get wild and crazy. I'm looking forward to King Richards. Me too. For anyone who doesn't, we're talking like people know what we're talking about. King no, Richards is a renaissance fair. In so, New England. Yes. In and the fall. It, it is fun. This weekend was their cleavage contest, which I'm pissed. We always miss that. But I don't like going the first weekend. Like I don't Why? like going. I don't know because that's when like there are so many people going. And I know part of going to a renaissance fair is people watching. But it's also, I don't want to wait in line for an hour to get Kirby's. a turkey wing. 
Right. And I have to have a turkey leg. I said turkey wing before. I have to have a turkey leg. Have to. That's a rule. All right, so let's get back to the actual story. <laughs> what? Are you sure? We're not just going to go into Ren Fairs the <laughs> well, whole time? Well, I mean, I can easily, we can, I can pull up. I mean, if we're going to talk about Renaissance shit, we can fill the whole show. But <laughs> The main story that you have to know is, you know, he's a big-time Florida lawyer, big-time as in small-town Florida. He gets, <laughs> right. he basically gets a promotion, you know, this Milton blah, 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 whatever company comes and finds him and offers him the chance to pick a jury for a trial and they'll just see what happens. So, of course, he picks a jury and he's like telling backstories of the jurors and the guy's like, how do you know that? He's like, I don't know. I just do. I always have. Yeah, yeah. it's my sixth sense. So then he does pick the jury. The jury took 38 minutes. Bam. This guy was set free. So they won using his jury. So that's the big thing. And then you meet Al Pacino. Al Pacino is Milton. He is the head of this lawyer fo- of this law firm. I said lawyer firm. Right. This law He's firm. He's a senior partner. <laughs> and it's great. Al Pacino does, like we said, he does a very good job because he's able to go over the top because it turns out that he is indeed Satan. So he's allowed to. That's the way it works. But, you know, he has the huge fancy office that opens up with a little trick latch on the door. And when you lead out, it's looking atop all of New York City with like water on both sides of him on the thing. Like, it's really infinity drop, yeah. Yeah. It's a really nasty view. It really is. It's it's nice. He's big time in him a little bit, but he's asking Keanu Reeves about like his family and his mom. And that's where Keanu tells him, you know, his mom was big time Bible study Never left Florida. Yeah. Has she a works church. at the chicken plant, and if she's not there, she's at church. She does charity events. He asks about the... his yeah. He asks about his father. You know all that, and it's like I never met my father. You're like, hmm, interesting. Never met his father. What could that be about? Especially with a woman who never left Florida and is so religious. How does that kind of stuff happen? Right. So while they're whining and dining. Keanu Reeves are also doing the same for Charlize Theron. But she's being segregated from him. Right, right. They're always being separated, and she's getting to deal with the um, wolf pack that is the the wives of lawyers kind of a deal. And she has a sister who apparently is constantly pregnant. Sisters. Sisters, yeah, who are constantly pregnant. And then we kind of, we brushed over it, but apparently the mother, Keanu Reeves' mom, doesn't like her very much but they are married and it makes it seem like they've only been married for a little while oh yeah, yeah. they still have kind of that newlywed thing going on yeah and they don't talk about it i don't think they ever talk about how long they've been together anything like that but you get that feeling because the mom blames her for him having to go to new york she's like oh that seems like it's it's her doing and he's like All mom right. what she's working on a sunday yeah that's the other yeah she's working on a sunday so she gets the look and you know charlie's throne knows that that's the first thing. She's like, oh, your mom just said this was all my idea, I'm sure, right? And he's like, yep. And she's like, oh, well, why don't we have some kids, you know, give her some grandchildren to get her off our backs. And he's like, oh, let's let her sweat a little bit. Yeah, which is a great line. But she definitely wants to have children at some point, especially now that she doesn't have to work because now he's making so much money. You know, Al Pacino just throws everything at Keanu at Reeves. Yeah. yeah. After that one victory, he's like, oh... I'm going to give you this amazing apartment. Money's easy to talk about. Like, you can have all this stuff. Interesting. Yeah, they're Mm. setting something up, obviously. 
You just have to figure out. I mean, you could probably guess the whole connection, father, and all that kind of stuff. It's the other stuff that you don't know so much. Right. And it's, even then, I, I do like the fact that it still gives you random little flashes of supernatural stuff where you're kind of like, what did I just see? But it was it's not blatant. It's not like, oh, okay. Like when? Well, when, obviously, you talk about the flash when there's the initial split, but it's just the way that... Yeah, the or the orchestra music, which by the way is ridiculously loud, if you're actually trying to hear these people. I ended up watching this movie actually with subtitles on because <laughs> I couldn't have both. It was either hardcore Phantom Menace music blaring at you, or very lightly talking to each other. So you can't really have both. Oh, I didn't see any problem with that. I don't know why. I can't stand that when movies do that though, because you're kind of like you're trying to listen, and then suddenly you know the orchestra comes on. Interesting. Oh no, I didn't notice that. Might be your mom's crappy TV, but I'm still saying <laughs> there's a good chance of that. No, there's like there's little things, especially with the women initially, because there's always that like I mean, it's snobby New York, you're a bitch kind of a thing. But there's more evil behind it, and you can kind of feel it, and they do it really well during that separation period too. They are kind of beating her down a little bit, you know. Even though they do mention they are the ones that mention, you know, there's basically three things you can do. With your life once, you know, you realize your husband is off all the time working and all that kind of stuff. It's either that you can play, which means like cheat, or you can spend the money, or you can have, or you can breed. You can have children. So they actually do bring up that thing that she wants. And yeah, they, they keep bringing it up. They keep teasing her with it because even when they're doing the whole initial walk through the apartment, it's a really safe building. We got great schools. We're right next to the park. Like it's all that kind of stuff. But neither of them have children, it seems. No. Yeah, these women who are the wives of important people. Because we haven't even talked about Eddie Barzun, who's awesome in this movie. And by the way, he seems to be one of the people who's out of the realm of Al Pacino for some reason, if that makes sense. Right. He doesn't seem to know what's going on, though he's the managing director, right? Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, if you're not proven to Pacino then we always just kind of keep you over here and you're a glorified minion yeah and that's what it seems to be yeah the other people seem to know what he's about yeah what's but, going down yeah but Eddie Barzun doesn't know what he, I mean he knows he's powerful person right and he knows that they're doing illegal shit and probably doing shit that they're not supposed to do like you're you're very gray area with this which is but, why he was talking to the Department of Justice in the first place, which right. is why he was taken out by Al Pacino later on, which was a weird, I, I'd say that's probably the weirdest death thing because it didn't really make sense what they no. were doing. So you're supposed to know, so Eddie Barzun is basically, he, he speaks his mind. He doesn't like that Keanu Reeves is getting all these promotions. Like he doesn't know why he's being put in charge of so many things. And he also, he goes out and he jogs. Which is interesting because looking at that character, you'd be like, you're not a jogger. Like, well, really? I think because Al Pacino mentions in his talk about him that he had to nurse him through divorces and through a heart attack or something, right, or, right. or coke or something. Like, it's something about drugs as well that I think he's changed his life and he's trying to get healthier healthier so yeah it's not that he's been doing this his whole life it's yeah, just, not a marathon runner no but, yeah. but but he was running pretty fast though in that it wasn't like he was lightly jogging and not taking it seriously well, when you're being chased by demons you run a little well that was the weird thing <laughs> he was being chased by 
joggers that for some reason didn't look mean or threatening. They just, yeah, they just were like predator-esque and could disappear. Yeah, which didn't make any sense. Same wavy lines and everything. Right. And then when he's going and he's running away from them, he hides from them. And that's when a few homeless people beat him to death. Yeah. That's how he. So you think these joggers are going to do something to him? And they're like, we're going to change it up. Nope. Yeah. It's kind of like him getting mauled by like a, a dog walker in the pack of dogs. Like you're like, really? In the park? Okay. Yeah. It's very strange. It's it's a little strange. That was a little questionable. I'm sure they could have done that a little bit better, but maybe there was some metaphor that I missed on that one. I, I mean, Al Pacino is talking the entire time about Eddie and about how he's like god's creature and this is where you first start to hear al pacino like go off on god a little bit more right because earlier tearing it down a little bit eddie barzoon eddie barzoon (laughs) ah oh i nursed him through two divorces a cocaine rehab and a pregnant reception (laughs) god's creature right god's special creature (laughs) and i warned him kevin I've warned him every step of the way, watching him bounce around like a fucking game, like a wind-up toy, like 250 pounds of self-serving greed on wheels. The next thousand years is right around the corner, Kevin, and Eddie Barzoom. Take a good look, because he's the poster child for the next millennium. These people, it's no mystery where they come from. You sharpen the human appetite to the point where it can split atoms with its desire you build egos the size of cathedrals fiber optically connect the world to every eager impulse (laughs) grease even the dullest dreams with these dollar green gold-plated fantasies until every human becomes an aspiring emperor becomes his own god and where can you go from there hey wrong way yeah yeah fuck you and as we're scrambling from one deal to the next, who's got his eye on the planet? As the air thickens, the water sours. Even the bees' honey takes on the metallic taste of radioactivity. And it just keeps coming faster and faster. There's no chance to think, to prepare. It's buy futures, sell futures, when there is no future. We got a runaway train, boy. We got a billion Eddie Barzoons all jogging into the future. Every one of them getting ready to fist fuck God's ex-planet, lick their fingers clean as they reach out toward their pristine kybernetic keyboards to tote up their fucking billable hours. And then it hits home. You gotta pay your own way, Eddie. It's a little late in the game to buy out now. Give me your watch. What? I like this watch. Do you think you're just gonna have to try and take it? Your belly's too full, your dick is sore, your eyes are bloodshot, and you're screaming for someone to help. But guess what? There's no one there! You're all alone, Eddie. You're God's special little creature. Yeah, earlier when he meets, when he talks to Keanu Reeves and he talks about his mom and stuff, he mentions the line... Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, right? I think that's, yeah, that's it, right? right? Yeah, yeah Be- that's, the, that's the verse. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Yeah, I always thought it was amongst the wolves. I always thought it was amongst and not amidst. 
Right, because you're you're setting up the prey mentality, so it can't be a monks, because a monks gives you the a more friendly feel than. Yeah. I guess so. That's really the only time that he kind of mentions religion, and then now he's starting in his monologues. He's starting to say it a lot more. Hey, maybe God's not the greatest. You know, like that. Well, it's just it, though. Like, he's got a very interesting plan. I'm going to set everything up, and then I'm just going to watch. I'm not going to really do anything, just because. And some of us who've been down in the trenches the whole time, uh, we like to interact a little bit more, even though we can't uh, mess with free will. But there's still enough shit that we can implant in you where you're going to make bad choices, period. And that's kind of the point towards the end, is what he's really going for, is that, yeah, he can't make anyone do anything, but he sets all the pieces up. Right. Puts, it's like entrapment, and that's what yeah, Keanu says. Exactly. Like, yeah. I can design the board and make you walk through. I mean, you're the one who's just going to have to walk through it and make your own uh, crossroads. So basically, while Charlize Theron is being separated from Keanu, he's given multiple different cases to kind of work his way up. So there's one with this guy who does animal sacrifices. <laughs> and I didn't understand necessarily what they were going for this because they were making this more supernatural than it probably had to be i mean it's just touching upon i mean it's actually kind of brilliant because it's touching upon i mean animal sacrifice is still very big in, in a large majority of religions in in that regard and that's an easy thing to bring to light and it's you know it's not a health it is a health code violation but it's not it's kind of like if i were to own a church uh, my bro i don't have property tax like it's one of those it's a there's a really weird circle in america when it comes to if you play the religious card you get away with a lot more shit that you wouldn't normally be able to yeah i just didn't understand the setup to why al pacino mentions that he has the guy who's doing the animal sacrifices that he has 14 million dollars in his bank account and he's a person that people like fear because he's able to do some it seems like he's doing some type of voodoo yeah because he takes out a tongue you know, a, a cow, yeah, a huge cow tongue or something and twists it and then puts a whole bunch of nails on it. And when they're in court, the lawyer can't talk. He's like coughing and coughing and coughing and can't get his points out. And that's kind of one of the reasons why Keanu Reeves wins that case. But it's also weird because if Al Pacino is Satan, why does he need this guy? Like, what was the whole setup for this? Well, no, the whole point of that is that, like, that's the initial, like I was saying, there are certain supernatural points that you should pick up on, like, I mean, he did this whole thing, and then he did this whole thing, and then things well, should what, line up as well as they do. Right. Well, I guess that's just what I'm questioning, is I thought there could have been other ways to do that. This one just seemed very ham-handed. Eh, it's graphic. You get to kill a goat. I don't know. There's got to, because there has to be, and that's another reference to Satan, for? too. <laughs> it's an, well, it's another reference to Satan, because you're, you know, it's the whole goat, blah, blah, blah. True. pagan thing that's to do with that so i mean there's one way to get that in there i don't know if they were going there's some sort of checklist they went through okay we gotta do this yeah. there's gonna be more nudity this well, is how people need to... when keanu reeves shows up he says something he's in that dark he just basically appears almost because he definitely walks past that area where he is and he's not there and right. then he looks back and he is there and he mentions right. like oh i thought i would recognize you when i first saw you hmm well what does that mean like what does he know that keanu reeves doesn't know or that we don't know. So that right. was that was the interesting part of that. But other than that, I just thought it was a little ham-handed. That's all. Eh, okay. I mean, I, yeah, you could easily... That could be a three... You, okay, so if we're putting this on TNT, we can easily cut out that scene and you could still enjoy the movie. If we're going to cut out scenes like they do... We can. I, oh, do they really? I didn't know that. Absolutely. Oh, I don't watch anything on there. Which is hysterical because they're still four hours long because of all the damn commercials. But yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I would have assumed that if this 
was on TNT, they'd have to cut out every scene with nudity. And yeah, I just, yeah. I, w- I want to see that special edition. Can I see the made for TV? Like, how would you even edit this movie to where, like, would it be the same movie? I wonder, I didn't see this on Blu-ray. I've owned this on DVD. So it's just, it was just standard. I wonder if they have like a director's cut or something like that for this movie on Blu-ray. I wasn't really going to go buy it again, but that'd be interesting. What if this yeah, movie yeah, had an extra Amazon like Amazon has it on Prime, so I was like, this has got to be the basic whatever. Yeah. What if they added like thirty more minutes of like random nudity and shit? Or goat scenes or something where you're like, oh, now I get the voodoo thing. Okay. Right. There it is. <laughs> it's a possibility. We should talk about Connie Nielsen. So when Keanu Reeves shows up for the first time at the law office, he goes past Connie Nielsen's office, and she is. Talking up a storm in a different language. It was like Portuguese. Like she really? was talking. Oh, yeah, because wow. okay. she's, she's part of the Southern. Yeah, she, the, the, it has to do with Latin America. Oh, right, right. Okay. Yeah, so she's talking there and he's like transfixed. He's just like staring at her completely. And she walks up while she's still talking, closes the door on his face, and then shuts the window shades. And he smiles and is like, whoa. But then he's from small town Florida where he's probably never had to work for a girl ever and flashes a smile, and they drop their panties. Like, true. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's a kid from Lebanon with a Georgian accent. How would you not want to drop your panties? And you're saying. And you have, I mean, you have a thing for Keanu Reeves, big time. So. Uh, mm-hmm. Yay, speed. That's all I got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, speed was the one, really? <gasps> Fuck yeah, it was. Oh, that's weird. Oh no, tight shirt and there's stuff and it's bad lines. It's good times. No, clearly it was um, Bill and Ted. I mean, and they're making another. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be awful. I know, it's going to be great. Or awful. Well, yeah, it's going to be, it can't be like the other ones. You just won't have George Carlin, which will suck. Station better be on it. Yes. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. They better have Station. And the Grim Reaper, not, too. But he's good in all his movies. Like, there's, there's, not a, there's not really an ugly Keanu Reeves. Eh. No, there's not really an ugly Keanu Reeves movie. Uh, what was that one? And you see his ass in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> that skinny pale ass is great. What was that movie where Boathouse or the Lighthouse or something where they sent mail into the future? Or Point Break. The... <laughs> <laughs> is that what the remake is? Yes! Oh. Horrible. That's why it didn't work. All right. It's, no, P.S. I Love You is Gerard Butler. I, I know what you're talking about. Well, that no, it's not P.S. I Love You. No, I know, but it's that kind of Yeah, it's like, thing. I think it's like Kate Beckinsale or Rachel McAdams or something. He sends... She's in the past or something, and he's in the future. Uh, whatever the fuck, I never it's saw it. It's a magic it. mailbox, and you can write to whoever answers the other end of that mailbox. That makes total sense. What a great movie right. idea! I'm saying not. I saw Wayne's World earlier too, so that was on the background. <laughs> <sighs> oh, good times! Right there, you're supposed to see that he's already like, and he starts thinking about her at different times. So like any time she's in the room. He's like transfixed. They go to a party, like a lawyer party, and this is where all the big wigs are and everything. And he just basically leaves Charlize Theron by herself. Now, see, this this is interesting because one, I, you it, know that, that that's how this is going going to go down. Like it's it's that kind of a business party, and I think it's weird because they haven't really set Charlize up to be that kind of character that just loses her shit when she's left alone. Well. You can tell she's kind of codependent on him. And really, though, also, when a party situation like that, they're not fun if you're by yourself. 
and I think she is very timid. Remember, it's still the big fish in the small pond going to the hugest pond there possibly could be. And she doesn't know how to handle herself by herself. You know, she used to work all the time, and now she doesn't know what she is anymore. So, of course, she doesn't want to be left at a high-class party when she's not a high-class woman. Yeah, I mean, if you don't have the proper training, I guess. But she hasn't had time for that, though. Right. I'm I'm a bad uh, opinion when it comes to this because these these are are not situations that I'm like, (laughs) cool, throw me into this. I want to see how I can do. That is not anything what their characters are It's not the norm, apparently. No, no, no. So that's when she starts talking or Al Pacino starts talking to her for the first time. And you can tell that he's just got a way about him. Like he can make people do pretty much anything that they normally wouldn't do. He's got so a you're vi- saying when you're at dinner and you can get a girl to go under the table and give you a blowjob that that's not a normal thing? I mean, for me, it's normal. That's what I'm saying. Like, I need to surround myself with nor- more uh, quote-unquote normal people because I think he, I don't know. <laughs> He has that great line while they're talking about, like, he's talking about her hair and about how, like, how women's shoulders are, like, the front line or whatever. And her hair is great, but he's he's telling her, oh, you should cut it. And I'm like, no, Al Pacino, that is a bad idea. Do not tell her to do that. But then you realize why he does it, you know, why he's setting, he's setting all these things up. Because you know Connie Nielsen doesn't have short hair. Like, no, and they have similar hair initially. Just color is is your off point there. Right, and that's made to be that way. Like there's right. a reason why that is. So he needs to get her to start changing into something that Keanu Reeves isn't finding either as attractive or just a disconnect between them. Right. But he makes that he makes that line also. Besides the shoulders, he's like, "Oh, why don't you put your hair back?" And she goes. Well, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And he goes, well, I would do it. But then all the people, like all the people, and this is like the first lines that he's saying to her. He just met right. her. This is, this is how, yeah, this is apparently my husband's boss. And this is yeah. what he's saying to me. Yeah, and he goes, if I were to reach over and do it, everyone who's pretending not to pay attention but are actually watching our conversation would think we're fucking. Like he just comes out <laughs> like that's the first thing he says. Straightforward. Yep. I can appreciate straightforward. And then that's when she starts looking at her hair, and he's like, oh, yeah, you should definitely cut that hair. And then that gives Keanu Reeves time to be talking to Connie Nielsen, and she starts making pretty sexual innuendo as well. Like She's like, oh, so you like being on top. And he's like, excuse me? Of a situation, of course. Of course. Yeah, like that kind of bullshit. So. Which is fun. Yeah, I watched- Yay, wordplay. I watched the Hello Ladies movie. You know Hello Ladies? It was the, I think they only did one one or two seasons on HBO, but it has Stephen Merchant in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's like, and he's awkward, and he's always trying to hit on girls, and girls that are like way out of his league, you know, like that kind of thing. And the movie is just, you know, to wrap up the series since they weren't going to make up anymore. And right. one of his, it's not really a friend of his, it's some guy he uses to, to meet women. He said that the three things, I think it's the three things you have to do when you talk to a woman who you're interested in is first you make the connection, then you pass the touch barrier, and then you sexualize the conversation. Like those are the three things you have to do with any woman to see if they're going to be interested in you and to get somewhere with them. So it's pretty much the same thing that we do for men, except we don't have to sexualize it. As soon as we touch you, we're, we're kind of golden at that point. Explain. 
So I'm talking to you and I'm leaning in and I'm clearly interested. And then well, I can touch uh, your shoulder. Hold on. Hold on one second. Clearly interested. Explain that. Well, see, I'm blunt. So <laughs> well, you'll know. Explain that but for a normal else, woman. You're making this difficult. Well, that's um, all. I've heard that before. <laughs> but yes. I start telling you personal shit that I wouldn't normally tell you. Like. That you wouldn't so, normally tell and, someone. You wouldn't normally tell someone. Okay. Uh, uh, you wouldn't normally tell another male anyway. So it's like, obviously, my girlfriends know that, you know, I live by myself and I have whatever, blah, blah, blah. But you don't straight up tell a guy that you don't know that you live alone because that's like, hello, predator issue. Sure. So it's stuff like that where I'm I'm trusting you and I'm seeing what you're doing with it and how you're responding to it. And if you're responding correctly, then I get to touch you. The little, like, hand pat. Well, or the shoulder, shoulder grab whatever. the arm. Right, right, right. But let's Leg, also... Wa- depending on who you are. <laughs> let's warn people, though, that doesn't always mean that the girl is interested because she can be flirting and... Yeah, tease as well. Yeah, all that stuff. So don't just take that as, yes, this girl's definitely interested. Because that <laughs> might not... Light, let's do this. Yeah, that might not always be the case. So there's, there's a nice Ian Hates Movies tangent <laughs> for you and a lesson. And a lesson as well. Right. The more you know. The more you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that's Al Pacino. He's killing it. He knows how to talk to the ladies. The ladies like talking to him. While Al Pacino's talking to Charlize Theron at one point, it's almost like she's making an orgasmic face as she's holding her hair and looking like he's got her transfixed. Snake and, charmer. Yes. And that's what you have to know about Al Pacino is that's what it seems to be with everyone. He controls everything. Even though it's supposed to be free will, he seems to have way more control over things than any regular person would. Yeah, it's it's when it's not a suggestion when he does stuff. It's he's no matter what he's going to plant a seed, and whether or not you have the moral fortitude to realize what's happening or still make the correct decision is what's inside of you. He says there's a one scene where they take the subway because he says that's how he loves to travel. That's the only way he travels. So right there, he's a rich ridiculously rich man taking the subway all the time that's not normal he's wearing business suits you know he's fancy it's very strange for that to be the case but that's what he does and that's where they have that scene where he's just staring at some latino guy and the guy's like you know stop staring at me motherfucker he's like hey I, you know i'm having fun on this train like <laughs> you know you love being on here are you kidding me this is where i get to deal with pretty much the riffraff and i can incite you and play with you and send you on your merry way and see what happens and that's what he does because this guy takes out a box cutter and he's going to go after he's you know he's 97 so you know <laughs> it's true yeah because butterfly knives back then weren't big at all but okay but I'm, i think he wanted something a little bit more raw okay yeah and that's when that's when Al Pacino starts talking in Spanish, I'm guessing, right? And he goes and tells him that he needs to take that box cutter and put it in his best friend who's cheating on or is cheating with his wife. And he explains the whole entire situation. He's like, Which is awesome. Yeah. He's got, and it's and it's very, very blunt. He's like, Yeah, they're gonna go have I think he says fucker in the ass or something. Oh, it's no. like yeah. total yeah. anal sex on that green comforter you love. I think you should go home and talk to them. And he's like, you you can make it. You can still make it. If you get off right here, there's a train coming the other way. Coming the other way, yeah. just hop on. So, and right there, Keanu Reeves knows there's something strange, but he doesn't know. He doesn't speak Spanish, so he has no idea what was just said there. Al Pacino's just like, I feel so alive. I feel so alive. And that's how you know something. I mean, obviously, we know now that there's something supernatural about him, too. Because how else would he know? Right. How would all these things set up like that and fall into place? 
at the party. He ends up leaving because what happens is Coach Craig T. Nelson. <laughs> yes, Mr. Incredible. Oh, there you go. Yes. There's a triple murder, basically. The triple yep. murder. It's his wife, wife, the maid. Yep. And who else? Stepson? Yeah, I think so. Stepson, wife, and maid. Yeah, something like yeah. that. And apparently he's a very wealthy, big-time status. Like, almost like he might have been... He's a real estate tycoon. Oh, is that right? But it seemed can... like he had, like, the... I don't know. Like, people knew him so well. Real estate tycoon. And I want to say he's probably not based from New York. But, I mean, that's why that whole initial scene when you meet him, it's on his building that's being built. Right, right, right. Al Pacino sets this meeting. This is why they have to leave Shirley's throne alone. He just goes. He doesn't tell her, I'm going upstairs to... Al Pacino's place for this big meeting, he just leaves her. And right. it's just him and Eddie and the guy who brought them in. Right. And, and he's like, so just let you know, our main client that we were building, which was a business client, not a not a, a um, criminal client. Um, I just found out that he probably killed three people. So we're going to be taking that case on as well. But in that case, he puts Keanu Reeves as lead. And Eddie Barzun's like, what? No, I, I don't recommend that. He's a brand new guy. Like, how could you do this? This is a really important. And he's like, and Al Pacino's just like, I'm backing him 100%. Like, this right. is happening. Right. And his excuse at the time was, why we keep sending these clients across the street because we don't have a, a head of criminal person. Why don't we just pretty much throw this new kid to the wolves and see if he can handle it? Because this is one of our bigger clients. And this is also where, so this is the top of the building that of where Keanu Reeves lives. Right. And... You see this giant stone carving wall-mounted statue, whatever you want to call it. And it's awesome. Like It's badass. And I don't know what it's supposed to be, but right. it morphs later on. But it right. is really cool. Like, it's a, like, what a power statement that is. <laughs> like, when you walk. And that's the other thing, too. It's only one room. It's this right. huge one room. And there's no bed. There's no nothing. No kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Nothing that we're required to live in. Right. Keanu Reeves asks the guy, he's like, where does he sleep? And the guy's like, who says he sleeps? Sleeps, <laughs> you know, yeah. right. And then he goes, okay, well, well then where does he fuck? And then that's when <laughs> that's when Al Pacino's done on the phone and comes and he goes, everywhere! <laughs> <laughs> like you do. Fucking great. It's, it's just great. <laughs> so that's the whole setup there, is that Keanu Reeves is now going to be the lead in this major case. So he goes back home, you know, late, obviously, and Charlize Theron is there, and she's pissed at him, and that's one of their first fights. She's been drinking, apparently. Yeah, she was drinking a little bit, and yeah, she's just like, you couldn't, how dare you leave me, I don't give a fuck, like, don't ever do that. And he's like, that's, I'm lead on this case, I have to do it, Milton said, blah, blah, blah. Then you get the meeting with Coach, like you said, at the top of the building. He does not trust in the new lawyer either, but ends up trusting Milton enough to say okay. And it's already very shady because he's the first one who made the call to 911. His prints are on the gun. His also there's a hand, a bloody handprint on the wall. Right. Like they show his his knee. There's like a imprint next to the body. Like it's all pointed to him. Right. Like he's Everything obviously you could guilty. Possibly do wrong when entering into a murder scene that you apparently stumbled upon. He managed to do. Yeah, he's obviously guilty. But what he wants about this is he wants to make sure he wants to make sure that he can see his stepdaughter. That's his biggest concern is that they're taking away his right to see his stepdaughter. So that's a big thing that I didn't put together 
the first time I saw the movie, but then you get it later on. Charlize Theron goes ahead and cuts her hair. She does this dramatic move. She actually, she cuts her hair. She dyes it. That's when she starts, right after that pretty much, that she starts seeing the weird things. She sees the woman who she's supposed to be friends with. She sees her face kind of turn demonish at one point, and then that's where the hands go down the dress and all that kind of stuff. So now she's freaked out, and she's telling Keanu Reeves, I want to go. You know, he's like, oh, but you were drinking while you're, you know, you do this drastic thing with your hair. You've been drinking. Like, that could be, and she's like, no, that's not it. I want to go home. And he's just having none of it. And right. he's, be, I'm not believing her at all. And to be quite honest, she's not doing a good job of explaining these things. And if no. I was in Keanu Reeves' position, I too would not believe her. It's too weird. It's too crazy. She's pussy. Been a, yes, like, very manic is what she's been doing. Because also she's repainted the apartment 17 times because her friend, quote unquote, keeps saying that it's the wrong color green, which is also kind of interesting because every kind, every color she chooses to put up on her walls, that girl somehow is wearing that day. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> it's funny. It really is. Yeah, this is just all setting all of the stuff in motion to have Keanu doubt her. Right. You know, that's that's what he's doing now is they've shown that doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Not you've come to New York and you are not handling it well and you're just kind of freaking out. But in order to set her mind at ease, he wants to give her children. So they're just he's just like, let's I'm going to appease you. You're kind of psycho. I'll give you a project. Let's knock you up. This is where you're also getting. This was done really well, I think, this whole scene here. Not only because you get to see two attractive women naked. Tiano's ass. And that. And that. (laughs) But they start to have sex. He is having a huge hallucination going back and forth between Charlize Theron saying, like, make love to me and, you know, the basic sex, but then flashing over to... Connie Nielsen being there naked and her wanting to do all this wild teasing, like not wild, wild, but <laughs> like, between let's make love and I'm going to fuck you. Like there's, there's, yeah. there's differences there. And there's fucking with Connie Nielsen. She's, she's like playing with her foot on his face, rolling around and showing her ass and stuff and being playful. He's like, starts sucking on her toes and then it, it cuts back to Charlize Theron. Yeah, it's gross. Uh, Kelly, remember, we're on a podcast show. You have to, you have to show, tell people what your faces are and stuff. I can't. No, don't. No feet. No feet. It's uh, weird. It's weird. But that's showing, you know, maybe the more wild side of Keanu Reeves or what, you know. He's just, he's looking for that new something. And that's what Connie Nielsen will give him. But this is way more realistic than just fantasizing. Because yeah, it's one thing to imagine being with someone else, but this is a whole new kind of interactive play. Charlize Theron has to stop him at one point because he's going like really hard, I guess, <laughs> and she has to be like, "Where, where are you? Like, you're not here," which is a weird thing to say. It is a very strange thing to say. I don't know, Kelly. Has that ever happened? I've never. I've heard that in movies before, but I've never had anyone say like that's that's such a strange thing to say to somebody where are you technically his mind is away from that situation Uh, it's nothing i've come across in that regard like it's not you know i've obviously everybody's had you know the tv's on distracted sex but usually you're both (laughs) distracted and you're not there but not not to that 
degree where like you're screwing a zombie. Right. Yeah, but that's and that's what's so strange. She's like, where I she just doesn't she just stops. She doesn't want it anymore. She's like, you're not in this. And it's true, he's not. It's actually pretty good on her part not to be like, well, just finish up so that we can have a kid. She's like, she's out of it. She wants to make love. And yes, for everyone listening, Kelly just rolled her eyes. And she's still not telling you what she's doing. Like right there, you could have said eye roll. There, there, that's better. Anyways, uh, like we said, we're not going to go scene by scene. But what you need to know is that she's trying to grasp on. She's trying to keep him where they were before, but he's moving away because he's starting to think that she's crazy. That's the whole setup. Is she's You're not there witnessing what she's going through. Then you're kind of like Yeah, you would never okay. believe it. You're going to believe someone who tells you that the woman's face turned slightly demonic and then it looked like there were hands going inside of her body. Yeah, that's not going to happen. No one's going to believe that. Right. So, they keep on going on with the case and it's showing more and more that Craig T. Nelson is guilty, but Keanu Reeves continues on. Right. He continues on with it. And that's when Al Pacino gives him an out. He says, you know, hey, your wife is going through some things. This case isn't looking good. Why don't you take a step back? Why don't you take a step back from this? Be a consultant. Well, obviously, you know what's going on and you know we'll refer to you. But, I mean, really, she's having some real issues and you should probably be there for your wife. Right. And he's saying, well, the worst thing could be is that I take a step back and she gets better, and then I hate her for it later. Which is also a great line. But it's right. true, we've all thought about that stuff before. When you want something to go right. You know what I mean? Right. So that was, that was the issue. And then, to further exacerbate things, his mother shows up. Awesome. But now, it seems like his mother and Charlize Theron have a little bit more of a connection. Right. Well, this I mean, they painted her to a point, they've painted Charlize to a point to where... She's so lonely and no one's believing her that I just need more human contact. I can't be alone in this house anymore. So I don't really care who's showing up. I'll just be happy to have someone here. There's a great scene where Al Pacino happens to run into them, to all three of them, as he's leaving with Connie Nielsen and another beautiful woman. And they just look like hookers. Yeah, pretty much. You get the full-blown hooker thing going on. They go into the elevator together, and you can tell there's something that his mother is not telling him about Al Pacino. Because Al Pacino specifically asks, he's very focused on the mom. And he asks her, you know, have you ever been to New York before? And Keanu Reeves cuts her off, and he's like, no, my mom's never left Florida. You know, all that. But you know there's something wrong. Right. Do they know each other? Is there? Well, yeah. Is the church lady has been able to sniff out the devil? Yeah. Does she not approve? Does she think that Connie Nielsen and that other girl that they're prostitutes, and she just doesn't like the situation? You know what is actually going on? So when the two of them leave, and it's just Keanu talking to Al Pacino, you see that Connie Nielsen and the girl are like fooling around with each other, almost like licking each other's faces. Yeah, it, it seems really different, but Al Pacino wants him to come up and have a drink. And he's like, no, yeah, then they just start licking each other and stuff. And then obviously, uh, Charlize Theron picked up on all that. And she's like, Clearly. oh, so, so is that what you're doing when you're working late? <laughs> all that stuff. Which is such a bad line where you're like, really? You couldn't have come up with a better way to well, stab that home? Remember, she's going through a lot. 
It's true. She is crazy. So. And then there's some photos leaked and a whole bunch of other stuff that they need to, you know, go over in the case. So he needs to talk to the secretary. Craig T. Craig T. Nelson's secretary. Yeah, Craig, yes. yeah, Craig we're, T. Nelson's yeah, we're talking about yeah, yeah. They, because you know. she should be able to clear that stuff up um, and actually be able to pinpoint where he is that night because personal assistant, whatever. They need an alibi for where he is. So then, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes on. Like Eddie Barzoon does a a shredding session that Keanu happens to walk in on. There's a ton of stuff that goes on. But the major point that needs to be made is that. There's more and more times that Charlize Theron is being left alone and she's not dealing with it well. She starts to have visions. Nightmares. <laughs> nightmares, yes. All that kind of stuff. She has this really fucked up... Oh, I had forgotten about this scene until seeing it again. But that whole fucked up scene where she finds a kid in the apartment and it's really a whole miscarriage thing like she was dreaming and she wakes up and her dress is all bloody and her nightgown's all bloody and all that kind of stuff it's just it's awful but this is just continuing to lead her into crazy world yeah Keanu then has to he goes ahead and he is still not believing anything Craig T. Nelson is saying basically but knows he's going to win this case that's what he has right. to do that's all I gotta to. do is I need to train your secretary correctly to answer my questions correctly and even the way the secretary's answering, it's reinforcing the fact that this is all bullshit. Yeah, he asked her to throw her off. He's like, so is is he circumcised? And she doesn't know how to answer that, which means they're not having sex. They're not fucking. Right. right. Which was going to be the whole entire alibi. Right. Then, uh, that you know, they had the whole scene with Eddie we talked about already. He ended up uh, being killed by the homeless people. They had a funeral for him, and that's where a big situation happens. And that's where, talk about ham-handed with Al Pacino. <laughs> they just, they're in like one of the biggest churches in New York City. And he's just in the back where no one apparently is looking the whole entire time this funeral is going on. And he's just like looking around at everything and just like laughing basically. And then he puts his finger in the in the holy, holy water, water and it starts smoking and no one's paying attention to this whatsoever. Right. Which is great. So that's happening. While that's happening, Keanu Reeves okay, so we're skipping around, obviously, but so there's, there's, there's a few big things that happen that need to be of note is one when Eddie Barzoon is being killed somehow, some way Charlize Theron is seeing it, right? She's at a window like she might actually literally be able to see it, but she's also right. I think it's more that she's seeing it in her mind than anything else. Visions. She's having right. flashes. So that's one thing. The other thing that happens is it does turn out that Keanu Reeves wins the case for Craig T. Nelson. He's in court the whole time with Al Pacino. So yes. that's a big thing to have right there. He's there the entire time with him. Now, at the end of the trial, he gets a call that Charlize Theron is in a church. Maybe even the same church as where the funeral was. Yeah, that looks the same. And there's something majorly wrong. So he runs and you see her. She's just wrapped up in like a pink blanket. Yeah. And he's like, what's wrong, Mayor? What's wrong? And she goes into this whole story about how Milton Al Pacino came She's so in. sorry. She can't believe this happened. Yeah, she's she kind of crying. Right. But she even mentions like, I kind of wanted it, but I didn't. Like she's being very upfront about her entire feeling set for this. Right. And she finally says, you know, he fucked me. And he's like wait is when when could this have happened she goes she went today 
And he's like, today? All day. All day. All day he was with me. All day there. Yeah, in court. He was with me all day. Then she does the big reveal. And if I might say, one of the sexiest (laughs) scenes of the movie. (laughs) Kelly's shaking her head at this point. Yay. There it is. She drops the blanket. And there she is, full frontal naked, with all of these major, major, like, slit wounds all down her body like she was cut up with a box cutter maybe whatever you know we brought it up before but she is fucked up majorly fucked up still looks amazingly hot somehow with (laughs) that yeah that's not a fetish of mine it's just wow like she still looks amazing eye roll a little bit so then (laughs) so unfortunately though how is keanu reeves supposed to believe her like she's going through all this stuff She's definitely on the crazy side, it seems anyways, those stories, and he was with him the entire day. Right. So how can, now she's making up stories where now he's assuming she cut herself all over her body, and that's just dangerous. She's a danger to herself. Is it committed, or is it just like, he gets her to a mental hospital for help? No, he has her committed, because it it shows him signing it over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're not, I can't trust you anymore. So I don't know if you can actually handle being in public or if you're going to, I'm going to come home and find you dead. So it's actually the funeral happens after this. So that church scene is actually the first church scene. Then we have the funeral. In the funeral, when he's sitting, when Keanu Reeves is sitting in between Connie Nielsen and the woman that was Charlie right. Sloan's friend, he notices that Craig T. Nelson shows up. And now this is what I didn't notice before. I hope this isn't wrong. But I'm pretty sure he shows up with his stepdaughter, right? Yes. Yeah. And people are like, oh, look how beautiful his stepdaughter is. And when and the social worker. And the social worker. Yes, you're right. When this happens, Craig T. Nelson sits down next to her and he puts his arm around her and his finger is like playing with her back. No, mind you, this is probably the most inappropriately dressed funeral I've ever seen. Yes. Like these are not like you're supposed to be solemn. You're supposed to wear black. But not little black dress black. There shouldn't be that much skin showing. Like there, I shouldn't be seeing tits and ass at a funeral. Yeah, it's and strange. And that's kind of the daughter right. takes the coat off and like it's a very low back kind of a dress. Yeah, and so Craig T. Nelson is basically playing with her back, which means they're fucking. Oh yeah. So that's weird. So no one. I mean, if it was any clearer that he had murdered everyone before, he murdered her mother and her brother. So that he could be with her. That's apparently what it the maid out. knew something too. Yeah. So. Apparently she did too. And apparently this girl doesn't care. She's just like, oh, I'm going to continue fucking him, I guess. So it's a whole bunch of weird shit. While this happens though, because it's another young girl, because this girl's probably what? In her teens as well? If there's a social worker, she's under 18. Well done. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's fucked up too. So as this happens, Keanu Reeves gets a little hallucination where it's Craig T. Nelson turning around to look at him, but it's actually the guy from the beginning of the movie with the, the glass. Yeah, yeah, the actual pedophile. And that freaks him out, so he takes off. When he leaves, there's a Department of Justice guy waiting for him. And this guy apparently had been talking to Eddie Barzoon, and that Eddie Barzoon was actually going to, I guess, double-cross Al Pacino. He was going to be their witness for all these things because what he talks about is they're not just a law firm they're also like part owners of 
nuclear weapons facilities and toxic, toxic waste dumps, waste, like yeah. all the bad things. He mentions drugs, like it's all the bad things in the world. And you're Shadow like, oh, company. when he's talking about this, Keanu Reeves yells at him. He's like, he's a lawyer. What do you expect? Like, because <laughs> they do, they get their lawyer jokes out. There's, there's yes. no doubt about it. He's talking about how, look, you got to listen to me because your name might come up because I've been doing some research on you. And I called Florida and they're walking and talking this whole time. And Keanu's pissed. He doesn't want to. Obviously, he's seeing weird shit. His wife is institutionalized. Eddie Barzoon's dead. He knows Craig T. Nelson's a murderer. All of that. So now he's got this guy who's being a douche. He's not being cool about it. He could just talk no, to yeah. him and be. And you're kind of shouting at me uh, through the streets of New York about all this stupid crap that's apparently going on within the company I'm working for. Right. What's interesting about what happens is he said, hey, remember Getty? And that's the name of the guy who he just hallucinated, the guy from the beginning of the movie. who the got pedophile. Yeah, the pedophile who he got him off. That guy was found yesterday with the body of a 10-year-old girl dead in his trunk. Trunk. Yeah. And now, the, the reason why I say the Department of Justice guy is a douche is that when he sees the look on Keanu's face at that, because now Keanu really is questioning everything, he's like, oh, no, I shouldn't. You know, that's what's going on in Keanu's head right now. He gets a smirk on his face, like, I got him. And that's why he's a douche. <laughs> right. <laughs> because he should, that shouldn't be something like, oh, that should be a, I, sorry, I have to tell you this kind of thing. Not a, you're a dick, and this is what you did, you know? Right. But as he smirks, this is when they cut back to Al Pacino in the funeral. This is when he puts his finger in the holy water and it's bubbling, and they flash back to this time now, and the stupid idiot didn't check the streets of New York City and starts walking across the street to get to Keanu, and that's when a car going probably faster than it should have been hits him. I don't know, somewhere around there, but it hits him. It, and I that's felt, a pretty I, brutal car accident, too, scene. Right, and yeah, it's not that bad. Uh, anyway, pretty smashed um, I still think that it would have been funnier if they went with the full-blown New York joke and he got like run over by like a cab or a bus. Like I was kind of expecting that. I don't think they wanted to go that <laughs> they, they didn't go that far. No. So his mother, <laughs> who left New York in a hurry last time, is now back because she was calling and calling and finally found out that Mayor, that she's in the mental institution. So... And Keanu goes to visit her. She's just out of it. She's just like weaving back and forth. Like her eyes are bloodshot. She is just gone. It Probably seems. super doped up. Like yeah. that's pretty much what they do. Yeah, absolutely. And Pam, Keanu's assistant, is there as well. And the mother's just like, hey, I need to go talk. I need to talk to you privately. So Pam stays and she starts playing with Charlize Theron's hair. So while this is happening, his mom basically comes out with a story of who his father is or starts awesome. to yeah and Keanu's right. like you waited 30 years now dude really now, he's Seriously? like i don't have enough on my mind right now you're gonna try and tell me that she says the line again behold i send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves and that stops him who do we know who said that line already oh, hey, oh this is this is so basic it was so basic, remember? That's how the whole plot line got <laughs> together. You just got to tell the story right, okay? Yeah, exactly. Tell the story right. At this point, though, Pam is also showing Charlize Theron how pretty she is in a mirror. And when that mirror shows Pam's face, the demonic facing flashes again. So Charlize Theron freaks out, smashes the mirror on Pam's face. Pam goes flying out of the room. There's shards of glass on the ground, and Charlize Theron locks the door, 
and puts a chair underneath it. So now the mother has not had the chance with the big reveal yet. This just happened. So obviously everyone runs to try and help, except for Pam, by the way. Pam does not help. She's just kind of... doesn't really seem to... I'm just going to stand in the background. And Keanu is just... He's like, come on, Mayor, open the door, open the door, Mayor. Then he sees that, holy shit, she has a huge shard of glass in her hands. And he's freaking out now. And this, I thought this scene was great. I thought Keanu Reeves did a really good job with this, like, emotion. I don't know. I thought so, anyways. But he smashes that door. Like, he is trying all hell to get in to that get door. In and he's just yelling. And it's getting more and more frantic because she's getting closer with it. Like, he knows what she's going to do. And she just, right. he really doesn't want it to happen. But it's it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. And she goes, "I love you." She looks at him and she says, "And he's almost in. He's almost there." But she says, "I love you." And then she takes that that glass blade, jams it right into her throat, and then cuts across. Yep. And that's what I'm saying. That's a pretty brutal scene. That's graphic. Yeah. That's really graphic. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm jaded from all the other crap that I've had to watch when it comes to like what's considered a graphic now. Well, they don't, but, they don't cut away. In other movies, they would cut away from that scene because you know what she's going to do, but they show the insert of the glass into the throat and then the slice. And then Keanu Reeves gets in and he's holding her throat while she's bleeding out. And it's just, it's heartbreaking. I don't know. I felt bad. I was like, oh, no. No, and, and that's just it, though. But it's still one of those things where you look back and you're like, you still chose the case over her. Well, yeah, You're still the one who left her all alone. He's flawed. He's yeah. flawed, and he's seeing that he can't always win. Like, this is yeah. his can't-win moment. Moment. And Pam's just, like, looking like that bitch. She hit me with a mirror. <laughs> so, unfortunately, they can't help her. She does die. And, right. Yeah, and as he's covered in blood, he comes out to his mother that's in the waiting room and just goes, finish the story. And she tells the story. She was 16 years old in New York, and she was on like a like a missionary type thing. Something along those lines. And she was far away from home, and she ate dinner at the same restaurant, ate all of her meals at the restaurant below the hotel. And there she met a busboy, and he would talk to her every single meal. And he knew the Bible by heart, blah, blah, blah. And you know where this is going. And he's yeah, just like saying. Getting it. into the panties. Yeah. I mean, he, that's, that's... Apparently he came to say goodbye to her on her last day and she started crying. He's saying, say it. Say it. I want to hear you say it. That's what he's telling his mother. Because you know where it's leading to and she just wants, she just wants him to get it. He's just like, I have to hear you say it. And yeah, then she does. Confirm this. Yeah. And she does. She said, Milton is your father. And <gasps> no. He's like, what? How dare you? How dare you? So now he has to go see Milton, obviously. And I want to make the note, too. I think it's it's important because she's like, no, let's just go home. We can just go home and leave this all behind us. And he's like, no, I have to go. And as the elevator closes, she says, I love you. And that's the last thing that they say to each other, the same thing. So he's now had two women that he loves say, I love you, before he never sees them again. Right. Which is kind of interesting. I, I like that. And he never reciprocates either. He didn't no. tell Mary because obviously he was screaming at her not to. He didn't go, I love you, too, you know, and he didn't say, I love you to his mother either. Yep. So now he goes downstairs and there's Pam. And Pam's like, oh, don't be scared. He'll take all. And New York is completely, it's like I am legend. Yes. There's nothing. There's nothing. Nothing. She is the only one. And she goes, don't worry. He'll take away all the pain. He'll tell you what to do. Like, 
he's waiting for you right now. And it's all creepy. It's all creepy and shit. So then he shows up. And this is where you have the end scene, which is awesome. This is so great because he shows up to Milton's high-rise apartment, that awesome stone. Yeah, the stone statue carving, whatever you want to call it. And this is where you have the whole, he tells him who he is. You know, he's like, it's Satan. Keanu Reeves has a gun. He shoots him multiple times. It doesn't do anything, obviously. Right. Well, I mean, I just, I always love that intro when they do the whole Satan thing. It's, 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 the opening line, it's always, I go by many names. He goes and by, I've always loved that. Yeah, I go by many names. And Keanu Reeves says, Satan? I like, he's Satan. like, yeah. He just, and well, he goes, call me dad. Yeah. <laughs> Such a great fucking line. And that's where you get the whole evil plan thing, basically. Right. I'm going to monologue. Yeah. And while this monologue is happening, the statue in the background is morphing into these naked statue people. Yeah, it's it's a adult version of cherubs. Sure, but without <laughs> wings and stuff. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's 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 the only thing I can kind of equate it to is a Sleepy Hollow with the heads in the in the tree, and the tree starts morphing around the heads. It's the gateway to hell. Is what it is. Yeah, is that's the, what it looks what like. Trying to do right. These are the best, and I don't even. I'm probably just gonna find clips of him doing this and put it in the show. Sweet. Because I want to do it so bad, but they're so good, you don't want to take away from how good his speeches are because he Ugh. does the one about, oh, it's about God. It's He goes, it's the goof of all time. Look, but don't touch. Touch, but don't taste. Taste, but don't swallow. Like It's his great, and <laughs> yeah. it is. It's saying all the things that people <laughs> say about God. Like Right. It, it's so great what he's doing and he's breaking it all down about how he's been the 20th century has been satan's time like it's it's fucking great well it is, it is it's his whole spiel that i've been down here on the trenches actually trying to influence you people and he doesn't seem to really actually give a shit what happens to you that's why it's kind of easy for me to do this sorry i'm just i'm laughing thinking about it because of how great it is this whole part is just so much fun and what he ends up doing is he ends up bringing in connie nielsen and it turns out that's his half-sister. And that was a little weird, him talking about, like, his sister as, like, attractive. Like, even though they're half, you know, it's still... Yeah, but that plays into the whole Satan thing, too. It's all very satanic, this whole thing. And Connie Nielsen's all on board with this. She's been waiting for Keanu Reeves for forever. Like, this is almost like it's destined to happen. Right. Written in the stars. Yeah. Written in... Exactly. Connie Nielsen's just like, look, I'm super hot. You're super hot. Like, why don't we totally fuck? I mean, it's going to be great. And that's the whole, the whole point is that Milton, Satan, Al Pacino, whatever Pacino. you want. You know, he wants them to have a child. Basically, he'll give Keanu Reeves whatever he wants. Right. But, about the Antichrist. Yeah, there's free will. But he doesn't see. He, he laughs. He chuckles when he hears that. Right. But he's like, you can have bliss on tap. You can have that look on a jury's face when you walk in. Like, you can have them bend to your will. And he's like, well, I already do that myself. Like. <laughs> I get that on my own. And Satan's like, not like this, you don't. All this great stuff. And that's where Keanu Reeves goes a little over the top, where he's like, that's what I do. I win. I don't lose. I'm a lawyer. I win. And that's a little bit, you know, douche chills a little bit, but it's still Yeah, but great. that whole scene, as you're expecting, normal conversation would have been weird. True. I mean, look, his wife just died. He was just told that his father is Satan. Like, there's a lot of shit going on in Keanu Reeves' life. A little traumatic day. That day on the subway, what did I say to you? What were my words to you? Maybe it was your time to lose. You didn't think so. 
Lose? I don't lose! I win! I win! I'm a lawyer! That's my job! That's what I do! I rest my case. Vanity is definitely my favorite sin. Kevin, it's so basic. Self-love, the all-natural opiate. So Connie Nielsen's all about, like, she's getting naked again. Like, she loves getting naked in this movie. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. So she gets naked, you know. Pacino's like, oh, she's ovulating. (laughs) Oh, my God, that's so horrible. So weird. Uh, yeah, because it's the father talking about this. <laughs> so well, no, of- but I mean, when they use that in any movie, even like the mushy like baby movies or what to expect when you're expecting, that's all, like, and they always use it as it's some sort of like it's a turn on line, and I, it's not. It's never a hey, honey, you want to try? Because I'm ovulating tonight. Like that's not. It's not. Don't ever. Don't do that. You. I mean, when we talk about was it women being held down or you know throughout history and all that kind of stuff. You guys do have the worst names for a lot of the stuff. That's I mean, true. Menstru- Vagina sounds like a yeah. fungus. Well, that's, and I forget whose bit that is, but someone, <laughs> some, a woman comedian, I believe, it might even be a male comedian, has a great bit about the uh, name. Does it, I think, was that Wendy Liebman, maybe? maybe probably. It was, it, it was someone, someone had a great bit. It was like, I named the vagina Excelsior. Yes. Oh, so, you know, it's something yes. like that. And I, I'm, yes, it's that skit. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember, so my apologies. Admit, you know, we'll get mail or whatever. They'll tell me, you know, who actually did it. But yeah, terrible. Ovulation's a terrible word. Menstruation is a terrible word. Yeah. There are all these really terrible words for things. It's not like fucking dick or penis is great either, but it's just true. But still, vagina sounds like a fungus. It does. I, it's not. Yeah. Insert joke here. But yes, right. you're, you are correct. There's no, yeah, there's no, there's no way to like, you, you can't, there's, you, that's why we have dirty words for these things. Cause they sound much better. Like you would rather lick a cat than lick fungus is really how this works out. Yeah, I always thought that was weird too. Yeah. I don't know why that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about oral sex. In the yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's weird. It's, so it's... we're going to be doing uh, some Ian hates uh, love here to to further these conversations later on. Oh, for sure. I'm going to give te- I'm going to give techniques out. Oh, players. oh yeah, for sure. This is Anatomy be great. 101 people, tune in. I just all I want to do right now is just read the quotes of Al Pacino. <laughs> That's all I want to do. That's the problem sometimes with doing a show on a movie like this is it's very hard to really explain everything that's happening because this is the scene this is everything you need the visual yeah it's it's a whole bunch because as all this stuff is going on connie nielsen's being like extra sexy the statues are all fucking like (laughs) the background just having sex uh al pacino is narrating and monologuing while all this stuff is happening you know keanu reeves asking about you know why the law why lawyers and Pacino's talking about how there are more lawyers right now in schools than there have ever been in history, and we're coming out swinging. <laughs> all this great it's stuff. His own army, yeah. Wow, all this, uh, you know, the hands are in everything when you're a lawyer. You know, all that stuff is great. And really what it gets down to is Keanu Reeves can pretty much have whatever he wants. He, you know, he'll get the firm, he'll get whatever, bliss on tap, all that stuff, if he has a child with Connie Nielsen. 
it looks like they're about to have sex. And what's also strange, too, is basically Al Pacino's going to watch, it seems, as well. He's actually touching Connie Nielsen at one point. Yeah. But we already know that they probably have sex, possibly, because, oh, yeah, yeah. because of the elevator scene. Right. So, yeah, this is they're keeping in the family here. That's, that's for sure. Spreading the love. Oh, <laughs> spreading. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. So Keanu Reeves, like, basically, had, it's almost about to happen, and then he pulls back. And he looks with a shit-eating grin at Al Pacino and says, free will, right? And gives him like a smile. And Al Pacino smiles back. And that's when he pulls out the gun and shoots himself in the head. And you yep. get the blood chunk <laughs> going out like... <laughs> Pink mist. Yeah, well, but with more brain matter than you normally see. Oh, yeah, see. well, yeah. it's an up-close shot. And Al Pacino just loses it. He loses it, and it's slow motion, and Connie Nielsen freaks out. The wall, the statues all freak out. Everything gets set on fire. He, he loses his mind, and he ends up killing Connie Nielsen. She ends up breathing in this weird blue mist that he's so angry that he puts out that just, like, chokes her to death, and she becomes a skeleton, basically. Mummified. Yeah. yeah. And then he turns into what to me looked like Keanu Reeves as a angel, like older yeah, Keanu Reeves. He turns into Reeves. his archangel form, and I can't remember what that's called. Lucifer. No, 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 no. There's an actual like he's got an actual name. Oh. Because you know, like there's Michael. There's probably, like he's got an actual. Oh, well, that's why. Name. Oh, so, but that's why I thought Lucifer was it. Mm-mm. Oh, Mm-mm. okay. All right. So as Keanu Reeves falls to his death and Satan destroys everything around him, you see this circle of fire. And it's like people having sex, which is also weird. But it's in the eye of Keanu Reeves as they flash back, as he basically almost wakes up back in the bathroom of the original courtroom where the movie started. Right. So there's During your the twist. Pedophiles. Yep. Yeah. So the little flame went out in his eye. He remembers all of it. So it's not like this happened and now he doesn't remember and he's like, oh, is this a time to redo things? He knows what he has to do now because... He remembers everything that happened. So he puts his wedding wing back on. He goes out and he looks. There's Mare right there looking all pretty. And he's so happy to see her. And he excuses himself from the case. He says, I can no yeah. longer represent my client. And exactly. everyone's freaking out because apparently that doesn't happen. I mean, because, right, if you do something like that, you're basically admitting that your client is guilty and that's not giving him a fair trial because now how does that, like, People are going to go into it already knowing that he's guilty. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. He has to do it this way. He hopes he's doing the right thing. And now all the reporters are freaking out and they want to talk to him. But the the guy, the main guy who who took the piss and didn't wash his hands. Wash his and, hands. Yeah, who they seem to be relatively friends with. He's keeping all the other news people away even though he's one himself. And he's like, hey, you got to grant me exclusive rights to the story. Like, let me, you know, let me talk to you. And it's like, there's no story here. And the guy's like, what are you talking about? Like a lawyer with a conscience? Like, of course this is a story. You're, you're, you're going to be huge. Like, I got to talk to you about it. And he's like, okay, maybe tomorrow. Give me a call tomorrow morning. And they zoom in on him. And he morphs into Al Pacino. He goes, vanity, definitely my favorite sin. Paint It Black starts playing, which is the perfect song for this. And that's the end of the movie. So it's kind of like epilogue-ish at the end because of how great the other scene was but now right. you just you're supposed to know that he might get you another can't get chance. away from yeah this. you can't get away from it he'll find another way to get what he wants because he's the devil he's satan that's what he right. does so yeah 
that's the movie. I love this movie. I think it's great. I think it's equally brutal, comedic, dramatic. I think it covers... I don't think the movie's too long. I think it fits in. I think it works. Yeah, I think it fits in. I I don't think I've ever been bored watching this movie because there's so many really well-done scenes. And you keep finding shit when you watch it. Yeah, like... Like you're like, oh, yeah. The stepdaughter thing. I did not understand initially because I, I think I wasn't paying enough attention to it. And then I realized, oh, yeah, they're fucking. It's great. It's, it's quotable. And I know we didn't do as many of the quotes because what I really want is Keanu Reeves. I'm not going to pretend to do whatever accent he's doing. <laughs> and then Al Pacino is so great. You just have to hear him do them. So right. obviously they've been spliced in throughout the show. Hopefully you've enjoyed that because it is very fun. <laughs> it's a very quotable movie. So, yeah, I would most definitely recommend this movie. I think it's great. Absolutely. Um, I'm, obviously, I'm, I'm, we're on the same page with this. It's one of those movies where you get sucked in. If you see it on HBO or something, you no matter what's going on, you get sucked into it. The tempo's right, so you can actually probably pick up this movie at any aspect and be drawn into it, which is great. Yeah, I agree. Like, let's say you have the Blu-ray or the DVD. You could go to Scene Select and just be like, oh, I love this scene, and just start from there. Right. Like it's that kind of movie. Yeah, you don't have to watch it from the very beginning because there are so many different scenes that are interesting. So it's fine. It's obviously nice to watch it from the beginning, but you really don't have to. Well, look, that certainly got the bad taste of basic out of my mouth. <laughs> right, and frailty where this movie actually showed you mnemonic scenes so you could see what's actually going on in the movie. Frailty is a good movie. <laughs> Just saying it again. All right. So I wanted to clarify some things up. So Clarify. Lucifer is the correct archangel name. I'm used to it hearing... <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'm used to hearing it um, in the Latin context. So that's Which why is, I was... What, what's the Latin? Vulgate. Oh, okay. And that has to do with... Because Lucifer is actually the bringer of light. Yes. And he's from... Uh, uh, it, it makes reference to Venus. Which well, is interesting because that's also very vanity-driven. Wait, the women's leg shaver? Yes. Okay. Makes sense. It's awesome. You don't need gel. I, I'm a <laughs> huge fan. Can we get a sponsorship for Ian Hates Movies? <laughs> Absolutely. And then another fun thing to make it a little topical, uh, Craig T. Nelson, he's being interviewed in his apartment, quote unquote, which is actually Donald Trump's real apartment in New York at the time. And they did. Actually, we didn't mention this. During the party, I think they mentioned, oh, wasn't Donald Trump supposed Trump's to be here? Trump's supposed to be yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. <laughs> they did mention that. So even back in the day, they were taking shots at Trump. Believe me, Keanu Reeves will make it back on this show. There's there's no doubt about well, see, that. See, I'm still pushing for one of, I mean, he's got a 93% for speed on Rotten Tomatoes. So I just feel like that's one that everyone's done. And we'll do it better. I don't understand what's, <sighs> what's your point here. Okay. All right. I like that you have the confidence. Absolutely. Talk about quotable lines. Well, oh, that's true. Awesome. That's true. Well, we'll see about that one. We'll see about that All one. Right. All right. So let's wrap this one up. Do you have anything that you want to plug? Other than me. But, um, you can always find me uh, on Instagram at Nerdy Girl Ivy as well as on Facebook at Nerdy Girl Ivy as well. Yes, everyone follow her. Click the like button. Do what you Please. gotta do. Yep. I'm, I'm getting better. New York Con's coming out, so there will be a lot of fun photos for New York Comic Con in October. So, sweet. And then, obviously, thank you very much for listening to the show, everyone. Please do the show a favor. And rate, subscribe, and share on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, all of your favorite podcast listening apps. You know how you do it. You can interact with me on Twitter, at Ian Hates Podcast, on Instagram, 
Ian Hates Podcast on Facebook, facebook.com slash Ian Hates. And then you can go to the website any time of day, www.ianhates.com. You can go ahead and submit a form there if you want to talk to me through there. And then you can download and stream every single episode of Ian Hates Movies and Ian Hates Music. So, Woo-hoo! yeah. And then once again, we have new shoes. New shoes. We have new shoes coming for you. You're so excited. I know. I'm excited for you. We have new shows coming for you guys. <laughs> uh, like always, every single week, there is new content. There's new entertainment. There's new everything for you. So I hope that you're enjoying this very much because I love doing this. I know Kelly loves doing this. My Yay! other two co-hosts on the music one, Jackson and Ty, love doing this as well. So we're having a lot of fun here putting this stuff out so hopefully you're enjoying it as well lastly you can email me ianhates at gmail.com if you want to say anything about the show or recommend a movie or whatever it happens to be so i believe we're all set there do you have any final words for everyone am i scratching your surface now and i will leave you the way i always do long days and pleasant nights thanks everyone But I'm no puppeteer, Kevin. I don't make things happen. Doesn't work like that. What did you do to Marianne? Free will. It's like butterfly wings. Once touched, they never get off the ground. No. I only set the stage. You pull your own strings. What did you do to Marianne? A gun? In here? God damn it! What did you do to my wife? Well, on a scale of one to ten, ten being the most depraved act of sexual theater known to man, one being your average Friday night run-through at the Lomax's household, I'd say, not to be immodest, Marianne and I got it on at about... Lavon. Fuck you! Oh, 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 got me! Got me! Yes! Wow! Oh, oh yes! Yeah! Step on up, son! Come on, that's good! You gotta hold on to that fury! Yeah, that's the last thing to go. That's the final hiding place. It's the final fig leaf. Who are you? Who am I? Who are you? Never lost a case. Why? Why do you think? Because you're so fucking good. Yeah? But why? Because you're my father. I'm a little more than that, Kevin. Awfully hot in that courtroom, wasn't it? What's the game plan, Kevin? Was a nice run, Kev. Had to close out someday. Nobody wins them all. What are you? Oh, I have so many names. See, call me dad. Maybe it was your time to lose. You didn't think so. Lose? I don't lose! I win! I win! I'm a lawyer! That's my job! That's what I do! I rest my case. Who are you carrying all those bricks for, anyway? God? Is that it? God? Well, I tell you, let me give you a little inside information about God. 
God likes to watch. He's a prankster. Think about it. He gives man instincts. He gives you this extraordinary gift, and then what does he do? I swear, for his own amusement, his own private cosmic gag reel, he sets the rules in opposition. It's the goof of all time. Look, but don't touch. Touch, but don't taste. Taste, don't swallow. <laughs> And while you're jumping from one foot to the next, what is he doing? He's laughing his sick fucking ass off. He's a tight ass. He's a sadist. He's an absentee landlord. Worship that never. Better to reign in hell than serve in heaven, is that it? Why not? I'm here on the ground with my nose in it since the whole thing began. I've nurtured every sensation man has been inspired to have. I cared about what he wanted, and I never judged him. Why? Because I never rejected him, in spite of all his imperfections. I'm a fan of man! I'm a humanist. Maybe the last humanist. Who, in their right mind, Kevin, could possibly deny the 20th century was entirely mine? All of it, Kevin! All of it. Mine. I'm peeking, Kevin. It's my time now. It's our time.